0: Here at Country Roads Magazine, for 40 years with curiosity as our guide, we've been wandering the backroads of Louisiana and Mississippi, discovering and sharing Southern culture's most compelling stories.
1: Our latest project is Detours, a podcast where we'll dive deeper into some favorite stories from our recent issues and crack open the door to our editorial meeting, letting you, dear listener, in on our process of choosing and refining the stories that land in Country Roads.
2: Think of it as a friendly audio companion to your monthly magazine. A chance to really hear the voices of the artists, chefs, farmers, musicians, designers, and other culture bearers who make our vibrantly unique region like no
0: other. It's a chance to listen closer and discover more, And maybe laugh a little too. I'm James Fox-Smith, publisher.
2: And I'm Jordan Lahe Fontenot, managing editor. And
1: I'm Alexandra Kennan, arts and entertainment editor.
0: And this is Detours. A new podcast from your friends at Country Roads Magazine.
1: We're back for another Between the Lines edition of Detours, where we lift the veil on some of the decision-making and processes that take place behind the scenes at Country Roads Magazine. Today, we're discussing the process of selecting Country Roads covers.
0: Yes, we are. And uh, that involves uh, us bringing in a new voice that uh, you all who have listened to the podcast today will not have uh, had the pleasure of being introduced to now. And that is that of Courtney Zimmerman. Courtney has been Country Roads art director since 2017 and is basically the first and last word behind all of the graphic and visual interface that Country Roads provides. So Everything about the way Country Roads looks and feels in your hands, you have you have Courtney to thank for that. Um, she is a fundamental part of every uh, every layout in the magazine, and also very much the case when it comes to Country Roads covers. If there is one image in every issue of Country Roads which matters more than all of the others, it is that image that appears on the cover, and. It's no small task figuring out exactly how we're going to make that look each time. So we wanted to bring Courtney in on this discussion and, and really just bring you, the listener and the reader, into some of our thought process for how that magazine cover comes together each month. So, Courtney, so fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Um, as as most of you all know, we all work in different places. We work remotely, but we're very much together in spirit, particularly during the production process of Country Roads, uh, which really takes place in the week leading up to our deadline. Um, but before we get to that, you've been with Country Roads since 2017, so six years and counting, and every day of that six years has been a joy from our perspective. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you came to Country Roads, uh, what you did beforehand, what you do for fun. Uh, Just tell us a little bit about who you are and and, uh, how you came to be part of our publication.
3: Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Um, So as the uh, creative director over at Country Roads, uh, like James said, anything that is graphically needed is my domain. <laughs> um, so whether it's print or web um, and now podcast um, related, then that comes to me and I make it look good and make sure all of our readers can see it and read it properly. So I graduated from LSU, you know, art degree with a concentration in graphic design, the, the usual. Um and then before I came to Country Roads, I worked for several different agencies in town, things like that, um, doing the same, same line, you know, of work. And then um, came to Country Roads and saw how different it is to work in-house and how, how much, you know, work and fun goes into making the magazine each month. Um, and with such a, a close team, it, you know, the people really matter. And um, it's just a it's it's a real joy to work to work here. <laughs>
0: well, the shore and is for us, and we rely on you so much. To
3: we certainly do. Yeah, <laughs> to
0: provide a um, like a a visual cohesion to to take country roads from just being a collection of stories or a collection of ideas to a cohesive visual element. Because of course, when you create a magazine you're not just telling stories in print, you're also telling stories in pictures, you're painting an image for people. And when you're gathering a collection of stories together, and particularly around a theme as we do with Country Roads, we're looking for a way to tie that entire production together in a unified way. And so I hope that when, when a reader picks up a copy of Country Roads, Say a March gardening and outdoors edition might feel and look very different from a September visual and performing arts edition, and how that visual impression is created has so much to do, Courtney, with with the with the role you play in bringing all the pieces and parts together to make something coherent. So you you mentioned back then that you did you worked for agencies beforehand, <laughs> and so that of course would be mostly you were creating graphic design for, on behalf of clients. So you were doing, tell me about that kind of work. What sort of, what, what kinds of imagery, what kinds of creative were you producing in that environment?
3: Um, It's kind of funny because it was such a different audience before. My, my big, I had a really big national client and it was just automotive. (laughs) So everything was very um, male oriented, very like get it done and grudgy and very like the opposite of country. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so like, you know, a lot of like bold colors and just, I I knew so much more about car parts and uh, different (laughs) types of, engine oils and lubricants and, like, just everything tires, tires, things that you just never would have thought I would learn about. Um, And, you know, I knew every, like, part number for what we need to look up for images and things like that. So um, it's it's so interesting to remember going from that to Country Roads, which is a lot more, I mean, it's, to me, softer and, you know, more, obviously it's more Cultural, so it's going to be more diverse, um, which is it makes it so much more fun to work with. Yeah, it's certainly um,
0: a lot more butterflies. I'm sure there are a yeah. lot more butterflies in the, <laughs> the car parts business.
3: A lot more
1: plants.
0: A lot more plants. Yeah, lots nice. more
1: flowers. Yeah, I can only imagine if you would have brought that branding and that imagery from the automotive over to country roads, it would look a little bit different. So I'm glad that you, oh yeah, you transitioned range. <laughs> I forgot to show your softer
3: side. Yeah, me too.
0: Now, had you ever done work in a say a publication environment like this before, where where you know the brand that you're that you're designing for is is a publication as opposed to an individual client?
3: So, not specifically in a um, in like a month to month or any sort of uh, normal publication. I did. <laughs> I did make the sports books for the Episcopal High School uh, for like four or five years. Really? Maybe. Um, Because that was just one of the clients of the agency. So I did that for a while and that was pretty much one of my first real, really big dives into any sort of publication. (laughs) Um, So like the full InDesign, because everything I would do before that was all Illustrator or Photoshop. which are all the Adobe products that I use, and um, so it it's such a it's a different way of thinking when you're working on page layouts versus just one ad that's going to go out into a magazine. Um, so it's it's funny to work from both ends of the spectrum.
0: Absolutely, no, that makes perfect sense. And as far as what uh, when you came to Country Roads, um, what. Can you talk a little bit about what did you like about it? What did you enjoy about it? And what did you find most challenging about moving from that individual client perspective to this more kind of collaborative, curated collection of images? Can you talk a little about that?
3: Yeah. So it was refreshing to, especially to start off um, as far as, you know, the different clients and things like that versus the one big national client. Um, and the biggest thing, especially the biggest um, satisfaction, I guess I get from working with Country Roads is a lot of these businesses that we advertise for are kind of smaller businesses. They're little these little town Um, shops, uh, antique shops, you know, merchandising, it's anything like that. And the people that we advertise for are just so grateful for the work, you know, it just, it's, you really feel the heart of the people that we advertise for and work with more so than you would with like a big national client. Um, uh, it, it it really is a much more gratifying position. Um, I find the workflow, uh, for me, the workflow is so much better. It's, it's a much smoother process here uh, than it would be at, a you know, at agencies just so fast paced. And not to say that Kutcher Roots doesn't get fast paced, but, <laughs> um, but in comparison, you know, is relatively a much more easygoing atmosphere. Um and you know the people i work with like i said are really it it's the heart of it all it the the team really matters because there are a ton of us so we need to make sure that everybody who's doing their one specific job does it well and gets along with everybody and i think that we are um as ashley sometimes says a well-oiled machine and it, Wait, has, if, it when works. we're
0: operating at our best <laughs> that's certainly the case <laughs> Not couldn't pretend <laughs> yeah, that the yes, wheels indeed. don't fall off once in a while, but yeah. We usually get yeah, going back sure. in the same direction. Nobody knows yeah. that.
2: <laughs> Courtney is often like
1: passing
3: out that the oil is true to make that sure is it true. all goes
2: smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it
1: feels. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. it's funny to hear you say, Courtney, that you're used to a more fast paced environment. Cause nine times out of ten when I hear that little slack notification go off and I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Well, who needs what? It's nine times out of ten for you, Courtney. I find, and that yeah, Courtney do. does channel. We do, in
2: fact, have a channel on Slack dedicated to asking yes, Courtney right. to help us with things. <laughs> um. <Yep. laughs> oh yes.
0: When all of it's us reach ready. the limits of our talent and ability in the in the particularly in the image and design realm, um, the flare goes up to Courtney pretty quickly, and uh, and never does she not sure. deliver. So. Uh, we're we're very grateful for the part you play there. Yeah. Court.
1: Oh, thank you. Certainly. Oh
0: yes.
2: I do want to add before we move on to cover just about Courtney, um, that she's also an artist and um, brings that creativity into our into our cover design and our, our ad design. But it's also very fun to watch her personal work on like social media and stuff she does some beautiful things and she you also make makes paint. paint right
0: exactly okay you better tell everybody before we go any further <laughs> court where can people see more of your work
3: so if you want to look at my artwork uh you can go to my instagram it's uh cozy paints so k-o-z paints um and then the same thing on etsy if you want to buy watercolors that are handmade
0: that is so cool. Well, we'll put those in the show notes for sure because uh, we want people to be able to see that too. Okay, well, let's talk about the actual... Sure. What we came here to talk about or claim to come to talk about, which is covering country roads, <laughs> um, which is yes. a obviously a fundamental and vital part of every single issue of the magazine and indeed any magazine that goes out. And, you know, if you stop and think for a moment about any magazine doesn't matter who whether it's from southern living or it's garden and gun or the oxford american or wired magazine or any publication with which you are familiar one thing that is always the case with a with a successful and effective cover is you can glance at that and immediately you can know that this is the cover for this particular publication. And that is more than just the font and the logo of the, of the publication itself, but it's the way that the type is used. It's the style of the image. There are so many different pieces and parts that go into creating a cover design that is an accurate reflection of the personality of the publication that it represents, because what, What we're trying to do is to be sure that when you see a copy of Country Roads, even if you're not immediately aware of what's in that issue, you can tell that this is a Country Roads magazine as opposed to any other publication that you might be familiar with. And that, it doesn't happen by accident. There's a lot of thought and time and effort and energy that goes into it. Um, But if you're also familiar with Country Roads, you know that our covers differ enormously from one month to the next. So that's really the conversation that we wanted to have a little bit today is to try to reveal a little bit about how we plan and how those pieces come together and um, and what goes into the final result that ends up on the page. So what? how do you think we should start guys? Should we talk a little bit about how it happened in the past? Do you feel like we should go ahead with Uh, what we're doing most recently. How do you think we should proceed?
2: I would love, James, to hear. I know, you know, last season we talked about the magazine's early beginnings
0: Yeah,
2: and having Anna Macedo on board to help with some of the design. And I'd love to hear just a little bit about the uh, progression and evolution of the cover. You know, if you look at the early covers, there's definitely still that identity that ties through even these 40 years later. But there's certainly been some changes made, and to the style and to the um, the the sort of artwork that gets selected. And I would love to hear about how you know your experience with that, and how you've observed the the cover approach change over the years. There's also the the um, fascinating to me aspect of. The new technology that has played a huge part in the way that's done, um, and I would love to hear how, like, about how you guys used to do this. It has changed.
0: Can you yeah. even imagine how different? Well, yeah. I, <laughs> it, as if you if you heard our kind of origin story edition uh, a few a few uh, episodes back, um, you know, Country Road started in 1983, 40 years ago. Um, now, I I got involved in 1995, Ashley and I. So at that point, there was already 12 years of of um, issues that uh, my mother-in-law, Dorcas Brown, and a very small handful of uh, contributors were putting together. And in those early years, the initial design for Country Roads was the brainchild of uh, a lady that, with a name that would be very familiar to a lot of people who have been active in advertising and the arts in Louisiana over the last few decades, and that was Anna Macedo. Anna was really a giant of the South Louisiana art scene. She was a, an accomplished artist in her own right. She ran a very well-respected advertising agency called Anna Macedo and Associates in Baton Rouge in the 70s and the 80s. And she was the most extraordinarily gifted and, and, and completely distinctive artist. She had a beautiful assemblage style she was particularly talented at creating these sort of mosaic images of pulling individual elements from lots and lots of different sources and creating these kind of paste patchwork pastings of different elements that she would pull from magazines and from her own paintings and advertisements and photographs and clippings from from all of these different sorts. And she would pull these together and then create these, these collages, if you like, um, which succeeded in producing something that was entirely new. And when Dorcas, uh, my mother-in-law, originally thought that she wanted to do a publication about um, the region, uh, the, well, originally her idea was the, 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 the Great River Road region um, and uh, adventures between Natchez and New Orleans, she went to Anna and, and she asked Anna, help me come up with a visual image for what this place means to you. And Anna came up with this beautiful chapbook style, quite old fashioned uh, sense of pulling together elements and images from all across um, Louisiana and Mississippi, sort of crafty creative culture. It had a hand hewn. It felt like it might've been made of blocks and woodcuts. A lot of those early designs had that kind of woodcut style, the font that she created and built had that woodcut style. And she, uh, uh, these were early, this was in the eighties and still up into the nineties, these were pieces that were cut and pasted together by literally cutting out little pieces from different publications and collaging them together, just the way that Anna would create one of her own pieces of artwork. And that was the process of creating those covers. And so, and we could uh, we could put an image of this up in the show notes, but we could go back and find that original cover that Anna did for Country Roads. And it was a block print woodcut style of a tiny little house in the country, smoke curling from its roof, uh, and that iconic horse logo, which was growing out of the top of the Country Roads script. Uh, all Anna's unique and original work. And that initial feeling and design carried us through the first 10, 12, even 13 years of the publication. And it really has informed the direction that the magazine's taken ever since.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a really great point, James. And as someone who did know Anna Maceda and got to take art lessons from her as a kid and remembers her style and those really dynamic collages were really so emblematic of that and, and so unu- unique. I've yet to see another artist to, to really utilize collage the way that she did, And it's so interesting to think of Country Roads' early covers as being so reflective of her personal creative style as well. Um, You really do see those things kind of hand in hand, and you see so much of of Anna's creativity in those early Country Roads covers. And then it's so cool to see down the line as those just progress and change through the years.
3: Yeah, I remember when I first, you know, moved to Baton Rouge and saw Country Roads, Mm -hmm. I my first impression was always like oh it reminds me like it makes me feel cozy because <laughs> all of the collage work reminds me of like quilted mm. blankets and like comfort and things like that. Uh-huh. So you can really kind of feel her work really just comforting you and um and I really loved the way that the the use of like blocked colors and things like that it was very Um, Even with the newsprint paper um, soaking up all of that ink, it was still very vibrant, you know. And uh, And I just remember also seeing that it was still still seeing a magazine that large of the, you know, tabloid size amongst all of these magazines who had gone down to either eight and a half by 11 or smaller. Um, It just really makes a it really makes a statement when you see it. Oh. yeah there's something folksy about that style mm. that's
2: also sort of like alternative you know it really is different from even now that I think we've got a we, you know our style is a little is more contemporary there's still something about it that holds on to that original like sort of underground like alternative approach that I think stems back to those early like collages and that's that spirit that she uh kind
0: of Courtney I love what you said here. about that it reminded you of quilting because there is, I think there is probably an Mm -hmm. analogy there with um, really, well, the process of putting together an an issue of a publication in itself because it's this collection of disparate parts, whether they be written pieces, photography pieces, illustration, um, heck, adds all of these visual pieces that are stitched together to make something that we hope at the end of the day is coherent. Um, and that is absolutely the way that that those early magazines came together. Um, and I think Ashley and I learned so incredibly much from just sort of sitting at Anna's elbow in those early early years when we first came and knew nothing about publishing, to sit by her and watch her assemble these pieces into something that had a coherent structure. And reflected a theme, and conveyed an idea, just out of little bits and pieces was amazing. And I've got this—I've got an, an analogy I'd love to share. Um, the first issue that Ashley and I ever worked on was the um, August 1995 issue of Country Roads. That was the first one when both of us were back, and we we sat alongside Anna when she assembled the visual parts of the magazine, we'd written our little articles and we'd rounded up some photography and these pieces and parts. And we got all the way through the assembling of the magazine and it was literally, because this was another very Anna thing, was everything happened. On deadline, it was like Anna had to see the whites of a deadline's eyes before she could actually get to the finish line. And, of course, it was deadline. We had to get the Uh, magazine to the press at 5 o'clock on that particular day, and we literally got to 3 o'clock and looked at each other and were like, oh, my God, nobody's thought about the cover. And we had literally completely forgotten that we needed to have a cover for this issue.
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh
0: looking at Anna with horror in our eyes, and she looked at us and went, hold on a minute, leapt up, went to a bookshelf, grabbed three or four copies of old chapbook art, literally copies of chapbook art, and put them down on the table, flipped through them, found all these little images that seemed reflective. They were little woodcut images of things that we had written about in the course of this publication, photocopied them, cut them out, pasted them up on a pasteboard, laid the laid the logo on top, and in 25 minutes had this just incredibly beautiful little jewel-like artwork that she'd created simply out of these pieces and parts that she'd pulled out of a chapbook. I don't know if anybody today even really knows what a chapbook was, but it was basically like <laughs> a collection of of artistic images that you were free to be able to copy and use in your own artworks. So... To see that come out of absolutely nothing, and for her to just assemble a coherent idea out of otherwise completely unrelated imagery, was just—it was—it was, it was like, like magic. watching magic yeah. take shape under her hands. I've never forgotten that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: Tell you know wow. they're
2: good? Yeah, that's amazing. Courtney's often working right at the deadline. The hazard, like it's a hazard of the change. industry, really. Isn't it? <laughs> a time-tested country roads tradition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our cover is often coming out right, yes, right before we send it this is off. This true. Not from any um, fault
1: of Courtney's, mind you. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all.
2: No, no, no. It's, no, it's a for, it's not problem. <laughs> it's waiting for
0: editorial to come up with some direction <laughs> and provide it. Yeah.
2: Certainly. Um, well, that's the kind of, you know, that brings us, I'd like to say, James, you know, how have, you know, over your time at the magazine, like, First, I guess I want to ask, like, when did that sure. shift, when did that approach shift, that that pasting and stuff move towards
0: well, a, a computer screen? Yeah, it was like, huge. That had to and be it huge. And um, it, it wasn't long after Ashley and I became involved. So when we came back in August 1995, uh, Dorcas and Anna uh, and a couple of freelancers were still putting the magazine together in the old cut and paste style, which is literally you photocopy things that you want to use as images. Um you cut them out with a pair of scissors from the piece of paper, um, and then in the back hall at our house there was a, a paste up table, and that is a stand up like the su- height of a stand up desk with a glass top which has a light beneath it so that um, the light will reflect through that um, the pane and you lay your piece of paper that you're working on called a blue line down on this down on that that sh- that um, glass backlit screen and you stick down the pieces of text and the images in the places that you want them on this grid. Um, and essentially there was a hot wax machine and you took the wax and you rolled it on the back of the piece and then you could stick it down onto the paste up sheet uh, and then you'd put the picture next to that and you could put another little block of text where you wanted it. And the thing about wax, not glue, was that if you needed to change it, you could just rip it up, re-wax it and stick it back down someplace wow. else. And that is essentially the way that, well, I don't know how long it had been happening before we came along and did that. But that's how Country Roads was put together wow. until the beginning of two, of 1996, and at that point, we were like, "This is crazy. We've got to be the last, the last publication in the world doing this." And so we asked Anna to essentially sit us down and teach us how to use uh, digital um, page pagination tools.
3: Well, and we still have an entire folder. On the server of all the scanned wood, like the woodcuts. cut out pieces that we yeah, need to wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So in 1996,
0: we started um, started putting these together with PageMaker, which is what the program was back then before Adobe kind of uh, got momentum. And uh, and it was still, it was kind of a hybrid for another year or two. Um
2: Yeah, I would think there would be a transition Yeah, as you gradually
0: get to where you're scanning pieces, you're scanning images, you're scanning... At that point, it was still film photography. So we would scan uh, negatives to get images. So it was still a hard work to get an image onto a computer in 1996. It wasn't anything like as quick and easy as it was today. Um, Right. So it was more laborious. But honestly, the interesting thing about page layout software is it literally mimics the physical process of cutting and pasting because if you think about it you can still grab a sure. block of text and plop it down onto a template and you can grab an image and put it there and then you can turn it and shift it and make it bigger or smaller we were just doing that with scissors and 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 wax
1: <laughs> rather than
0: with those tools but you know when you the shortcuts on a computer are still yeah. called cut and they're still called paste and they can they came from yeah. somewhere and yeah, that's exactly that's so where they
3: yeah.
2: Courtney, am I right? And I feel like, tell me if I'm making this up, but didn't you <laughs> say that in school they actually taught you guys how to le- how to do it that way, the old way? So
3: we didn't specifically learn how to do all of the Like, they taught us how they did it. Okay. but But um, it was for screen printing. Um, okay. It's a, it's a, you can use something called amberlith or rubylith, and you cut out each color layer by hand with a little X-Acto knife. Um, and of course the more, um, intricate a design is, the harder it is for you to cut it out. So we did have to do that and we were all very thankful (laughs) for computers by the end of it.
0: (laughs) It used to be so laborious; It really did. Oh,
1: absolutely. It's like that. I'm grateful they walked so that we could run. James, I'm grateful that you (laughs) cut out paper tediously so that we could use Photoshop. Yes, indeed. Well,
0: I the first to admit that I was never very good at it. For sure. Um, um, (laughs) Ashley and Dorcas were far, far better, um, uh, my um if i have any creativity it is not in the image space so um so so i'm I'm very glad to <laughs> to be able to uh, stand on the shoulders of others in that department
1: and that's why we have courtney because we're that all great with words and great with yes. ideas but as, soon <laughs> yes. as soon as images come into play we need to call an adult and that's courtney that or, is quite right. <laughs> <adult>. <laughs> well
0: look another thing i point out from those <laughs> early stages is all those early editions were black and white right um right so it was I think it was probably 1997 before Country Roads' first colour cover ever came out. That's crazy. Um, So that adds a whole other degree of complexity that um, we may be a little slow to the party on getting to. But most most back in the 90s, still most of it was black and white. Not just us, but other publications too.
3: Wow.
2: So when did, you know, the first... Uh, covers using photography come around because we use photography so much now, but that's not how it was at the beginning.
0: We do the first I remember of a of a photograph being on the cover was probably nineteen ninety seven or eight, I think, um, and it was we again. I'd be the first to admit that we were unsure about what we were doing. But at that point, we were still printing in black and white. And there were very few places in our particular printing process, which is called, um, cold, it was at that time, it was called Cold Set Web Press is what Country Roads was printed on. And there were only very specific places in the magazine where you could have color appear at all. <laughs> Most, most tabloid presses only ran color on maybe one unit of their press. So maybe you could only have it on four pages. Interesting. Later, maybe you could have it on eight, probably still later. But, you know, and gradually the the amount of places you could put color expanded as those presses became more sophisticated, at least the ones that we were using and we could afford to use. Okay. Um, early days, you could have it maybe on the cover or the, the, the sheets that constituted the cover wrap. And then maybe on four pages somewhere else in the middle of the magazine. So I think in 1997 we may have had a um, a, a color uh, a color cover, and but it was a few more issues, probably into 1998, I think, before we started doing it regularly.
2: <laughs> uh, before we move on to just like how we do it now, I wanted to ask, like, do you have any that stick out in your memory that are your favorites? Like, wow, or just really, mm. that you love. <laughs> And you probably don't remember the dates, but even just like if you think about the, what they looked like, you know. Well,
0: I I would I do think that we should go back and find that copy of the cover from early 1996, which was the first one that Anna redesigned mm-hmm. um, that uh, that we just stood astonished as she threw this thing together in the course of minutes so uh would i think we can find that one and we could we could put that in the show notes um sure then more recently because we have had a couple of redesigns of the of the interior of the issue over the years and mm-hmm. each of those has involved a redesign of the cover as well uh one that jumps out to me um that uh, i was thinking about before this was february 19 uh, 2016 um Now, in January 2016, we had a redesign uh, that changed the way Country Roads looks to to be more similar to what people who are familiar with the magazine will recognize from today. And that featured an image from Spanish Town Mardi Gras. uh, Oh, I know
2: exactly the one. You
0: know the one, (laughs) don't you? Yeah. Of Uh a... an older gentleman who was a fixture at Spanish town Mardi Gras for years and years and years with a long filter tip cigarette dangling from beneath his bright pink dyed mustache. And it was the most iconic, fantastic cover. Oh, it's so um, iconic. Beads in the background. Um, that was, that was one that I really thought set the scene for what yeah. Country Roads wanted to be. And I think possibly stood to be, which was a chronicle of the culture that also really paid attention to the ways in which Louisiana and our region is quirky and different and completely unique. So I was really proud of that one.
1: That immediately comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great cover. That was under Mike Ridelli wasn't it? Just a- That was. Mm-hmm. That was right. Mm-hmm. That
0: was uh, Mike's. Uh, Mike Ridelli was our art director at the time, our creative director, and he oversaw that particular redesign. Um, which was which extraordinary work, I think, and we still utilize a lot of the, the sure. principles that he uh, developed at that point. Um, and uh, you'll still st- still see a Definitely. lot of those elements reflected in the layouts in country roads today.
3: Yeah, I use a lot of his work as sorry uh, as a uh, as inspiration for you know our covers like this past uh, April or March actually cover you know the one with all of the. The beautiful flowers in our, our outdoors and gardening one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a similar layout to that one from That's true. Uh February of twenty sixteen. So I still I still pull inspiration from his work. Yeah. He seemed to kind
1: of simplify and, and kind of sleek everything out a little bit compared to what it was before. Um and I love that now I think we found a kind of great middle ground that really reflects what we do in a wonderful way. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that comes to mind. I don't know if it was the 35th anniversary that had the Catahoula Hound on the cover. That is a super. Oh yeah, that one's really good. The O's and country roads reflecting the heterochromia and the different colored eyes on the dog. That Mm -hmm. was January 2018.
0: Yeah, Courtney, that was one of yours. Yeah.
1: Uh Mm -hmm. Loved that one. Big fan. I do remember that one was very popular too.
2: Yeah, I always like think about this one's different. This one's very a little bit unusual, but I always kind of. Whenever I see it, I'm like, wow, it's a per- it was um October twenty sixteen, I believe, and it was um Perpetual oh, Motion yes. by Jamie Baldridge. It's like a photograph and it's it's just this like woman and there's wind and it's uh it's an art piece of photograp it's art photography and it's it's just like really stunning. Um another one though that I love is a piece of art. And it's whenever I first started writing for the magazine, and I just loved handing it out because the cover was so beautiful. Um,
0: oh yeah! You, now you're talking about um, Jacqueline Bishop, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, October 2017. It's that beautiful artwork, and she, um, it's this tree, and there's fruit falling from it, and this deer is like looks almost like it's reaching up to to eat the fruit, and it's just stunning um it's such a beautiful piece of art I love that we do that I love that we um try to go back and forth between amazing photography and to highlight the work of local artists um I think it's a great uh it's a great kind of back and forth and gives us the opportunity to have something like really special on our covers that we don't see a lot in um like regional publications as much anymore. I don't think that the artwork is as a central piece as frequently right. as with our I magazine. I think we can thank so. Anna
0: for the uh, the visual art focus as well.
2: Yeah, it's, it's so special.
0: One of the reasons for that, I think, well, Anna, of course, was first and foremost an artist in her own right. Um, we wrote about visual art a lot, but a lot of times, because each issue of Country Roads is primarily focused around a theme, that tends to, a lot of times if you're trying to articulate or express a theme, there is an artist has already done something beautiful around that theme. Right. And it has always seemed to us that that if you can capture the perspective, if... Uh, Looking at an artist's work is an opportunity to see the region or a subject through somebody else's eyes, through a creative person's eyes. Yeah, and Anna really showed us that there were that there was an almost endless, endless supply of superbly talented artists who had addressed some of the themes that we were writing about or trying to do justice to with the magazine, and that the cover was just a wonderful opportunity to not only express the theme that we were trying to convey but also to bring some some publicity and focus to some really talented and creative people in Louisiana and Mississippi so so we still try hard to make sure that arts represented on our cover from Louisiana and Mississippi artists quite regularly and these days I think we bounce back and forth it must be about 50/50 photography and
2: Yeah, we we aim for that certainly. Really? Um Really. One that that makes me think of is our September cover last year. Um I think and we often, you know, we usually try to have the the imagery on the cover um be reflective of the stories inside. So if we use art, it's often because we are featuring that artist. This time though, it was our arts issue. It's the it was the first time we were doing performing arts and visual arts in the same issue. And we were struggling to find our the the artists that we were featuring were so specific to their content and their storytelling that we did we weren't finding an image that communicated kind of the whole story of the issue and so we ended up going and kind of seeking it out and we ended up with this beautiful um, piece by Cherie Fry who just happened to have an exhibit at the time and it was this gorgeous like figurative uh, figure of a a female body dancing. And so it just did so much for us as far as evoking that like visual and performing arts coming together in this issue. And we got an extra opportunity to highlight a a local artist doing great stuff. So um, that was really exciting and and fun to go kind of seek that Yeah. Like James was mentioning, you know, there's always this
1: plethora of local artists and artwork and Anna kind of made him aware of that. I mean, it's one of those situations where you just, you know, in lieu of it, you just have to look a little bit harder And this in this case, especially, you know, there Mm -hmm. are always exhibitions we're getting submissions for for our calendar. And this was one that we just happened to have an exhibit going up at the West Feliciana Parish Library um, with three very talented local artists. And among them was Cherie Fry's work. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we actually featured this on the cover right on the cusp of her moving to St. Francisville.
0: I think so, yes. Um, right. Which was really
1: kind of special timing. Again, kind of all, all roads lead back to St. Francis Hill when it <laughs> come, comes into play. And uh, and we just love the way that this watercolor figure kind of spoke to the artistic process. Um, it's complete and beautiful in itself, yeah. but it also kind of lends itself to wonder, you know, what it was before, what it could be after, and everything in between. Yeah. It kind of spoke to what was in our
2: issue better than anything that we... Um, had on hand or could have come yeah. conceived on
3: our own uh, which was and really it's one neat. of the rare covers where it's just the artwork in the center and then everything else around it is just white space so you really have that focus mm-hmm. on the movement and the, like the brush strokes that she had could, because it just it really really just had such a movement um so it mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. Fun to work on that one because it was a little different from our usual, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I loved what you did with it the yeah. way you just honed
1: in and kind of highlighted the figure itself, but then popped out that orange font for our cover. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed that one.
0: <laughs> well, Court, what about you? Do yes. you have any particular favorites, things that have jumped out to you over Gosh. the last few years?
3: Uh, I have so many. Um, <laughs> so before my time, I think one of my favorites, it's kind uh, of it's so difficult there's so many good ones um the i think it was the the one with the crawfish and the guy yeah. sprinkling yeah. Oh, seasoning on the um, seasoning on it i'm not sure if that I, mm-hmm. I would assume that was a cuisine issue um but i'm not 100 uh, sure i'm blanking um,
0: i i know exactly the one you're thinking <laughs> of i'm flipping back to see if i can find it uh was it uh, it was a 2016 cover i believe i believe April so yeah festival season cover
3: Ah, uh, that was it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense because I was just at the Krumpus yes. Festival last weekend. By the magnificent
0: um, photographer Danny Colbert, who uh, added, you now, we were saying art or photography. Well, sometimes photography is art as well. And that, it's you know, true. any piece of Danny's absolutely counts in that particular way. Absolutely. That particular one is yours.
3: Oh, my goodness. I really loved the cover. And I think it was 2018, December 2018. Uh, it was the one with the chapel from Como, December twenty nineteen. I remember that, that one. Was.
0: Yeah, oh. it was it nineteen?
3: Okay, my years get mixed up.
2: Nineteen. That was my first oh. uh, issue oh, as managing editor, and you know that one was really hard. I don't know, Courtney, if you remember that, but we I do. We didn't. It's like we didn't have the right thing. That was very stressful for me. That was my first oh. press cycle as managing editor, and we just didn't have an image that was making it like we were at right at the end of deadline day and it was it had been a long day i think we were past five o'clock and just scrambling for a cover and we pulled this because we were having that dinner at como that um that year and and it it was so beautiful once we once you got it on there it was like oh wow that's like stunning and people complimented it it was it it was just the perfect fit waiting for us to find it
3: it's kind of amazing what can turn out from um, what feels like a disaster at the time of you trying to make it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we always pull through. But uh, while we're trying to work on it, we're like, oh my god, the world is ending. We can't find our cover.
2: <laughs> right. You know what? I'll give a f- funny anecdote um, about that. It, the cover we thought we were going to use had um, these, this is a very interesting couple who who lived on the road, and it was it was the, yeah. it was the um, house and home, hearth and home issue. And they lived in their car and they were very like cool and alternative. And the picture was them in their car and the guy I think he had like a low cut shirt <laughs> and there was just like a lot of uh, chest uh, hair. Uh, and ultimately uh. the concern was that our advertisers were not going to like that. <laughs> um so we we went with this instead and it, it really ended up being so beautiful and the right fit. Um uh-huh. but sometimes it comes down to little details like that that other people see and um it's an interesting process and it's different every single time. Um we the way we often approach it these days anyway, is that we I think we do this a little differently than other publications. I think a lot of um publications, a few of the ones that I've worked for anyway, they often like stage the cover. Like they it's very um, you know, there's a photo shoot with the cover in mind and it's almost a separate project from the rest of that the magazine he's usually ties in and it's you know it obviously will tie in but we usually kind of go about it the other way i think mm-hmm. we go story first and we look from our photography that comes in with our stories and our artwork that's associated with the theme and any artists that we're featuring and look for the image in those places that are existing already and it it has it has worked. It is, you know, amazing things come from there. Um and often directly tied into the stories that we're trying to tell. And, um, and often unexpected. It's uh it so it what ends up happening is I the way our process works is that we get our all of our images in throughout the month and I'll be passing them off to Courtney. Now that we're doing things remotely, we're in Slack. Um I we actually have a a stream so the whole team can see the options and kind of comment on the ones that stand out to them. But then we leave it to Courtney to kind of use her knowledge of what works well with our format. And she will go in and um, take, put them together and give us some options. Uh, Courtney, I don't know if you want, I can turn it over to you to like talk a little bit about what that process is Um, like.
3: It's kind of funny that you say that because in my head, I'm thinking um, at least early days when I first started working here, um, when you take a photo and just kind of plop it onto the cover format in Photoshop, sometimes you're like, okay, well, it's nice, but it needs a little something. It is kind of amazing what just like a little bit of either a tilt or just like a little bit of a color uh-huh. adjustment can really change everything. Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of the uh, the, the secret. <laughs> um, I've kind of <laughs> have been working with covers It's like it, certain things don't work because of where they lay out as far as cover words, you know, obviously, we're not going to want a face right underneath the words of Country Roads. Um, so it's got to, it's got to lay out where everything is at least semi legible. Um, And and or I can extend the photo by the magic of Photoshop, Um, which I do quite a lot because we get we get these great photos, but they're just not cropped right for the cover. Um, Yeah, you know, the top is the sky or the bottom is the grass. And so you can just go ahead and and fake it basically um and extend and yeah. you would never know the difference yeah <laughs> that always blows my mind when you do
1: that just create a little more reality out of thin air just <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's photoshop it's magic
0: yeah it's that the the, the beauty of negative space sometimes yeah. the things that make an image most powerful are what it does not have um something which isolates mm-hmm. uh yeah. so, the, isolates the thing you want to draw people's eyes to from those other elements that are around it, um, mm-hmm. something that uh, that Anna always pointed out is you really want to have one focal point somewhere, something that the eye goes to that is not distracted from by a bunch of other elements. Right. Um, and that, mm-hmm. and, and you know, she wanted that something, that one standout piece that magne- that magnetized and drew the eye to the middle, and that that always struck with stuck with me what she said there
3: right and we're trying yeah, to think you,
0: about that yeah um but i wanted to that was a really good point jordan that you made about um how we let the stories come first and the theme come first and then let the decision for covers emerge once we've seen how all emerge. of those stories relate to one another because yeah. then hopefully you can have a big picture in view perspective that you're then choosing the cover image based on of course that's a little bit of a you know that's a bit of a wing and a prayer sometimes because although it usually that the right image emerges every now and again there's that scenario in which it is harder right um and that that is it's not that it never happens it's amazing what courtney you can do when (laughs) when it's uh, sometimes we'll come down to where we have two or three that we're bouncing between we got literally three Uh completely different images for a cover and we're putting them up side by side and really asking everybody to weigh in to decide which way which direction we should go um and that's a I wonder how many other. Pu- I'd be fascinated to know how in, how many other publications right. are going to do it that way because I imagine that it's it's not often that it, it's not common.
3: No, right. and it really gives us an advantage, I think, because we have so many different types of people working for Country Roads and looking yeah. at the cover before it goes out. So we have that really nice input of group um, perspective. you know there's
2: as the editor and I think Alex you're going to relate to this too I think you know we've seen we're so like in enmeshed with the stories of the issue by the time we're looking at cover that we are not an unbiased opinion um, at all we are looking at these images often and we know the strongest stories in the magazine or we have our favorite story or maybe we wrote the story (laughs) we worked really hard on it we want it to you know like that happens too and and um and, we're, you know, we try to step back and look objectively at the best image, but there's a part of us that's always like, okay, but that story is better, and that's a stronger story. But the fact about a cover is that they're seeing that before they read the stories, but that's... Mm-hmm. We have the um, backwards perspective a little, and so to have our sales team or, or Courtney who haven't read the stories yet or haven't spent as much time with them at, with, as us at the very least... Um, Looking at the image out of context and seeing what stories it suggests and, and whether that makes them want to open the magazine or pick it up, which is the ultimate job of that image in the end. Um, so balancing those two things and all those perspectives, I think it does. I think it helps us pick the best one.
0: You know what I always think of? Um, what I try to think of when when we get to the point of looking at those covers is that I envisage the country roads rack in Calandra's in grocery store in Baton Rouge, <laughs> um, <laughs> Calandra's is one of about 400 places where you can pick up a Country Roads, and um, hundreds of copies of the magazine go out from there. So it always th- seems to me the right place to think about where, who it is who's picking who sees that magazine and is drawn to that cover, and I always think, is this is this image? Does it ask a question that is going to be answered? by when you get close enough to pick it up and read the words. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're walking out with your groceries and you look across and you see this beautiful image and you're like, oh, a beautiful image, it must be a new copy of Country Roads. And then it, the, it asks the question, why is that image on the cover of the magazine? And you walk over and you pick up a copy and, you, and it says, oh, it's the outdoors issue. Now I understand. Uh, that's the that's the, right. the that's the question and the answer that I always think that a great cover should do is first attract your attention with something that draws the eye, yeah. and then answer the question that's automatically formed in your mind. That is, it's, uh, what's the explanation behind this image?
3: That's so interesting too, because the, you wouldn't think, but sometimes you can look at a really pretty picture and just go. Oh, pretty picture. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty picture and just move on. So it's that's not always yeah, the winning or sure. like, show-stopping option. There's so much more to it.
2: <laughs> it's yeah, there's there's often been times that I'll send a picture into that group and be like <laughs> this is the one and then Courtney puts it into the cover situation and 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 you see it as cover yeah. and it just doesn't hit. It doesn't yeah. quite land.
1: As, like, you thought it or the opposite, where you see a or photo, the opposite that happens a lot yeah, too. I'll see one that I don't think is that special at all, and I, I don't think much of it. And then Courtney will go put the cover on it in the right color
3: font to <laughs> make yeah, it look pretty. And you just never yeah, really sometimes know. that changes it. You
2: don't always know. Um, it's it's just it's it's a very fun mm-hmm. part of this process, I think. Um, it is for me anyway. I'm not the one who likes to <laughs> have this. I really, really like there, it, covers, <laughs> they're
3: really, fun. I mean, and it's just cool you know somebody if somebody says like i love country roads or if i get to see it out in public i'm like hey hey i help make that <laughs> nah that's a good yeah. yeah yeah so when we get to that point
2: where we have all these options um like we said sometimes it's really clear sometimes it's not but then sometimes there's some more nuanced decision making that has to happen um but then other times there's like total serendipity total like Random excitement that sort of I think fuels the decision. Like I'm thinking about last year's June cover, um, which I had written this story about the shorebird work by Audubon, um, by uh, like protecting and studying the shorebirds being born on the Cameron Parish coast, um, and I had visited a few weeks before to interview and had seen the nests and the eggs and everything. And it just so happened that um, our source there, she sent me like about three days before we went to press that the eggs had the eggs that we had seen had hatched. And she had taken a picture with her iPhone. Um, and the picture was great. It was like a beautiful little picture of baby birds. Um, and you know, no, baby birds are not always cute, but these were cute, y'all. Oh, they, they had little feathers on them. And they like the framing works so great it looked we i think i remember us saying at the time like this kind of looks like a national geographic cover and it was our um our natural world issue which we do every june and is focused on conservation efforts and wildlife and so it just it was perfect and it and it was entirely because those birds decided to be born right on time
0: (laughs) that and let's put that down as the role of serendipity yeah in cover selection um and i'm just looking back that was the wilson's plover chicks that were that were the they that's a beach nesting species that's very threatened because people stomping around on beaches don't go well with eggs that look like sand right, right? so and they have um, a lot of
2: predators um yeah, and yeah. this organization is doing some really great work to um study them and and protect them and try to get as many get the population up as much as possible largely by by doing work with the nests um so it was really cool to have that opportunity to highlight that on our cover. True. Yeah, um,
0: huge, huge advantage. And I'd like to, um, I'd like to just, in the same conversation, just draw um, the attention to January 2023, where we had t- stories um, about analog. That was our sort of our analog issue, which is really focused on things you, where you can really get your hands on things that have done in an old-fashioned way or handmade, hand-hewn. Um, and that coincided with the, the closing of Grandmother's Buttons after 37 years, the iconic St. Francisville business. And we had a feature, Jordan, your wonderful feature, uh, with Susan Davis reflecting on that 37-year run that Grandmother's Buttons has. But that stood alongside the fantastic story about therapy skateboards out of Hammond, Louisiana, which produced the most magnificent photo shoot that was really fun. But yeah,
2: it was really metalark. Yeah,
0: exactly. But could you have figured out two two more different photo shoots than the one <laughs> of of grandmother's buttons, exquisitely <laughs> oh, yeah. hand created jewelry, and a, a bunch of guys just dropping in on on handmade skateboards in um, in in Hammond. Uh, we had those two those two covers up side yeah. by side and wrung our hands for half of a day trying to figure out which way to go before we decided, and it could have gone either way, but it sure would have produced two very different impressions of what our January twenty twenty three issue was <laughs> yeah, all about. Yeah, that
2: was really really tough. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think both would have been fantastic options, but uh, I feel like we do that that sort of dynamic happens yeah. kind of often, and and then you end up. It's funny the slack channel where we're all kind of voting and giving our thoughts you know it'll sometimes be 50 50 and then people will like change their minds and then you know it's it's just so hard to settle on the best image and you know you have reasons for each one being better and you start i feel like at some point it it, you just come up with random stuff that everyone's coming up with reasons to support it and it's um it's it's such an interesting process
0: oh yeah you know what i think it might be it might be actually indicative of I think that that is actually a really good illustration of a sort of a fundamental tension that exists in country roads. Mm -hmm. um, And really in the culture as a whole, which is that there is a tension in this region between the old and the new between the traditional and the, and the um, contemporary between the, between the, the, the old fashioned and the cutting edge and those expressions of culture, we, it, our culture is evolving, but there are parts of it that are very much rooted in tradition and there are parts of it that are very much pulling away from that. And Country Roads, we are trying very, very hard to reflect both sides of that culture. Sometimes that is distilled all the way down to the piece that you end up putting on the cover. And uh-huh. sometimes you end up going with the traditional choice. Sometimes you end up going with the non-traditional choice. In the end I think that a little bit of an element a, a combination of both has the potential to produce mm. surprise and also an accurate reflection mm-hmm. of the culture as it is and as it's evolving. At least I hope that's what happens.
3: The duality of thought process. There, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that James. I love that
2: so much. I think it's so true. Yeah. That's a certain I think that's a great point. Inside the magazine we're certainly always balancing those two sides of it. Um and it's the covers, the covers hard because it's just one big image and you got to say it all. Yeah. The billboard. Um, what recent like experience trying to make decisions, um, decisions about cover has come about personalities. And we've had these conversations this a few times this year, actually, Alex, mm-hmm. um, we about, you know, when we include a person on the cover and how much they're, um, individual personality and, and like fame plays into the decision to put that on. Um, I think often, you know, in a lot of magazines, there's certainly a benefit to have someone with their own following on the cover. You know, you can get someone who's instantly recognizable. Um, there's a lot of reasons to want to do that, but at least twice this year, we've, we've kind of actually done the alternative option when we've had those decisions. Um, I know in February, we had this beautiful cover of uh, Mahmoud Tuki, and he, Alex, wrote an incredible story. I, Alex, you might want to talk more about this, but I, I uh, loved the opportunity to really feature him and his work on our cover.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think with a lot of publications, and especially with cover conversations... There tends to be this impetus of like, okay, well, of course, we're going to put the most famous person on the cover or whoever just won the Grammy Award or whoever is, you know, sort of most talked about in the conversation at present. And I don't think Country Roads has necessarily ever operated from that place of just like, oh, of course, we're going to put the most famous person on the cover. I mean, like we were just talking about we put baby birds on the cover one June, you know, (laughs) we tend to come from a slightly different direction. And it is more about like what the stories are about. Um, what the issue as a whole is about, kind of what captures that theme. But yeah, that was a really interesting example that that February. So that was our our second ever music issue. And um, and we did feature Mahmoud Schauke, who is a Spanish guitar virtuoso, um, as well as an oud player. Um, and I say Spanish guitar, he's not Spanish, he's Moroccan, but Spanish guitar is kind of a, the background of, of the genre that he plays. And it really struck me when I was interviewing him and that was like one of the longest interviews I've had in my life. You know, I heard this guy's whole life story, but he was telling me about how a different local publication had told him he was going to be on the cover. And then they pulled it at the last second. And I think they put him on the back cover or something. And I won't, I won't call out that magazine, but um, he, he was kind of disappointed by that, but he indicated, I understand, you know, maybe in 10 years when I'm more famous, then I'll deserve the cover. And, uh, And him saying that struck me, you know, because he is an internationally acclaimed very impressive very talented musician and so even at that point in his career for him to feel like he didn't deserve the cover for some reason um I thought was kind of striking and of course I didn't know if we were going to put him on the cover at that point point. and uh, as Jordan indicated when we write the stories we tend to be a little biased so I actually try to keep out of those conversations as much as I can when I was involved in writing the story just because it is hard not to be biased in those situations um but again we don't base it on who's the most famous and that month The photos of Mahmoud Shalki happened to be the most dynamic, sort of grabbing portraits that we had. And so we did feature him on the cover, Um, even though by, I think, a lot of publication standards, he might not have been a big enough name at that point in his career. Um, So I think that's just one example. I know we had another one come up pretty recently um, with last month's last, uh, this would have been May's actually Embrace Your Place cover where we were between two local culture bearers, one of whom is Jordan Thibodeau, who's got a huge following, as he well should, um, and he's been featured on magazine covers in the past, and we were between him and a 17-year-old girl, Kylie Malvo, who is the vice chair of the Seventh Generation Youth Council of the Tunica Biloxi tribe, um, and who, of course, at only 17, not even out of high school yet, doesn't really have the following that Jordan does. Um, So in that case, it kind of came down to what we thought was the most striking image and the most striking story. Um, So I think those are just some some good examples of how Country Roads tends to kind of have, I think, compared to some publications, a sort of backwards approach to this. But I think it works well for us
0: anyway. Yeah, it's uh, maybe this is why Country Roads continues to be an underground publication after 40 (laughs) years in business. (laughs) I stand by (laughs) it. it. I do as well. Uh, We (laughs) wouldn't do it any other way. It's just sometimes you look at an image and you recognize that this speaks better sure. for the body of work that you're trying to deliver under this under the under mm-hmm. this cover than any other one and sometimes that really does just trump fame doesn't it so mm-hmm. um i yeah. whe- whether it's the whether it's the right approach it's the one that has developed here and i can only Certainly. see it staying this way f- going forward because it really is one of the most creative and serendipitous moments in a production cycle, which is all about finding the connections between stories and aspects of the culture, and then coming up with a way to stitch them all together in a way that makes sense. Um, and really, this is the piece which puts the icing on the cake.
2: Absolutely. very proud of our covers, and I, um, I'm always... That's one of my favorite parts of the process, and... I'm always I couldn't be more proud to um, like Courtney was saying, you know, when you when they're on your coffee table or out in public and and say that's (laughs) our magazine and that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I did that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's a good feeling, isn't it?
2: If this is your first time listening and you like what you
0: heard. And if you're still with us at this point, we assume that you do.
2: Please subscribe to Detours. Give us a rating
1: and maybe even send it to a friend. And if you're not already reading Country Roads magazine, you probably should be. To read online, find a copy, or subscribe to have the monthly issues delivered to your door, visit CountryRoadsMag.com.
0: Detours is written reported and produced by us, the editorial team at Country Roads Magazine. James Fox-Smith, Jordan Lahey-Fontenow, and Alexandra Kennan.
1: Our theme music was written and recorded by Bill Daniel and Sam Shaheen of Naughty Professor and produced by Bill Daniel at Wildchild Studios in New Orleans.
2: The audio editing for this season was done by me, Jordan Lahey-Fontenow, and Alexandra Kennan. The Detours logo and other
1: graphics were designed by Country Roads Magazine's creative director, Courtney Zimmerman.
0: So until our next detour don't be a stranger you can always reach us at detours at countryroadsmag.com and thanks for listening